0: Hey guys, this week's episode is brought to you by Agility Bed. And for a limited time, they're giving you 20% off everything on their site. That's mattresses, pillows, and sheets. Just go to agilitybed.com YHL and enter the code COMFORT20 at checkout. That's agilitybed.com YHL. I'm John. And I'm Sherry.
1: We like home stuff.
0: We like talking.
1: And we like the occasional game show sound effect. So welcome to Young House Love Has a Podcast, where we have deep and not so deep conversations about DIY, design, and life at home. Today, we're sharing
0: how we're downsizing our stuff before our big move, including how we sold lots of things in one fell swoop, plus how we're navigating moving during a pandemic, and whatever happened to adding shutters to our house.
1: We made it to another Monday, guys.
0: It's Monday again, in case you don't know what day it is.
1: Yep, and it's a weird Monday because this was the Monday we originally were scheduled to be in Florida on spring break with our kids so that they could see our new house for the first time. We could introduce them to the new neighborhood. They could see their rooms. Like, it was supposed to be a very exciting week, but obviously we're here at home in Richmond.
0: Yeah, didn't happen. I mean, a lot of people lost their spring breaks and, like, amazing trips they've been planning. So by no means are we the only ones that this happened to. It's sad that we don't get to do this thing we planned in Florida, and it is kind of a restructuring of things in our brains because we were going to accomplish actual practical things this week, like we were supposed to be tiling a bathroom and installing a toilet and a vanity so that we had a functional... Bathroom. It wouldn't be hooked up to sewer yet, but it would be well on its way. And, you know, of course, that has to be put off because we are still hanging out and laying low here in Richmond.
1: And a lot of people have been asking what our new moving plans are. The short answer is we don't know. We're still kind of waiting to formalize an actual schedule. But we can at least share with you sort of our thought process right now, because originally what we were going to do is stay in Richmond through the end of the school year, which was in the middle of June, and then move once our kids were done with school. Well, schools in Virginia have been canceled for the remainder of the academic school year. I mean, we're still doing schoolwork, like the school year, quote unquote, is not over, but they're not going physically to school. It's all happening from home.
0: Right. So theoretically, they could finish the academic year from anywhere. And I think a whole bunch of you are like, oh my gosh, then move now. But I think... Well,
1: we don't have a functional house.
0: Yeah. The main thing to underline is we are well on our way to owning only one house. And all we want to do is be in that lovely little house, but it's not ready for us yet. And so we are renting back here. And when we do think it is like possible and safe to move to the new house in quarantine there. We're going to drive, not fly. We're going to stay in our car with snacks and my pee bags. Like we are going to basically put ourselves in the car, which is a capsule, seal the capsule, drive down and bunker down in the new house. That is the plan. And we actually even figured out a way to move that is touchless. What would you call that?
1: Um, Low contact, maybe?
0: No contact, because we're going to move our stuff into a pod and the pod gets picked up by a machine. The pod gets driven down to the new house and it gets put in the driveway. And then we unload the pod at our own leisure, if you will. Originally, the plan had been actually John's sweet parents volunteered to drive a moving truck down with us. So we were going to caravan with our car behind them. They were going to fly back. Obviously, flying doesn't sound good right now. We didn't even want to involve John's family just out of an abundance of caution. Right. And so we're just kind of like rolling with the pod thing. It seems like it's going to work out.
1: Yeah, we've booked a pod to come arrive here actually in the next couple weeks so we can start the process of packing it and kind of take our time doing it, not be in some big rush to pack a truck in a single day. So I think it actually will take some of the stress off of the moving process and also give us some of the flexibility we need about deciding when is smart to have it picked up and sort of start the actual move from Virginia to Florida. Because right now we just know it's going to happen sometime between whenever the house is occupiable, which we think might be in early May is the earliest possible. That's like the calendar our contractor is telling us, but who knows? And then obviously, we have to be out of this house in Richmond in June, because that's when our rent back ends and the house goes to the new owner. So we do have like, you know, a defined window in which it will happen. But it is a broad window at the moment.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say thank you so much, though, because a few people reached out to me. And it was just so comforting to hear that other people are doing the same thing. I heard from many people who are like, yes, I'm waving my hand in the air, because I also had to move during the quarantine. And These are things that worked. Other people used pods. We heard from other folks who did pack snacks in the car and not stop at all. I heard that it's actually really nice to hunker down in your new space and get to like unpack and sort of take your time with your new house. And we'll have time to, you know, like unpack stuff into the kitchen cabinets and organize our drawers and just sort of like hang art and make ourselves feel as at home as possible.
1: Yeah, I think right now there's an element of stir craziness that's added to being here in our home in Richmond because we can't do anything. Like we can't do a project or change anything. So we're so used to being kept busy that way that suddenly being in the position where we can't do it, I think is contributing to our restlessness right now. And so I think it will be nice when we're in the new house that we can keep ourselves occupied and focused on some home projects. And that will hopefully make the time go a little bit faster.
0: Yeah, I'm even excited to have the pod, because I think just the act of packing that in an efficient way, John is like a Tetris man with boxes and items, and he'll like stand something on end and get it like all to fit really strategically. And we've actually rented one pod, but we have an option to get a second pod if we need one. And so I'm just even uh, excited is a weird word, but I'm like, maybe up to the challenge of seeing if we can get it all into one pod. And if we like don't have to have the second pod.
1: Yes. And that kind of gets into another topic we wanted to talk about today which was how we're downsizing because you might be thinking like how are you getting a whole house worth of furniture into one 16 foot pod it will be a challenge but we want to talk through our process for downsizing you know, how we decided what to keep and what not to so we will do that but first we have a quick update
0: Okay, so this update has to do with shutters. I've been getting so many messages, mostly on Instagram, like DMs that are like, wait, whatever happened to your shutters? Every time we show the front of our house without them, people are like, wait, didn't you say you were gonna add those?
1: Yeah, back in episode 150, we talked about how we decided that we were gonna put shutters on the windows on the front of our house. So we actually like ordered them and they did arrive, but as people have observed, they are not on the house.
0: Yes, you might have seen, even many of you must remember this because you've said they're here and now they're not. Like, where did the shutters go? Did you return them? because I did show the big, it's like a double pallet that had arrived of shutters in the garage on Insta Stories. I was doing a messy garage tour during the bathroom renovation and I was saying, just so you know, when you renovate one room, other rooms explode and look at our garage and there's all this crazy bathroom stuff and there's also this like double pallet of shutters. We're going to hang the shutters as soon as we finish the bathroom.
1: It actually came very much in handy during the renovation because I used it as a workbench. It was like the perfect height. It was a great big size.
0: Just picture like a giant box that's wood and when you pop Off the top or reach under the side you can get to the shutters but just like a huge as big as a car basically parked in our garage full of shutters
1: well maybe as big as a motorcycle with a sidecar
0: i was just gonna say with a sidecar like the vanderpump rules
1: boys i wasn't gonna say that
0: i mean it's a great scene
1: but uh, we got the shutters and like Sherry said, we had planned to tackle the shutters after the bathroom was done. You know, paint them, hang them on the house. So that's why they sat idly in the garage for several weeks because we were just like putting off that project till the bathroom was done.
0: And then I'll do a reenactment. Sherry goes to pull out one of the shutters to put a paint swatch on it to see if she likes the color and screams as she realizes this palette that has been sitting here literally for months is full of the wrong shutters. They sent us the wrong shutters.
1: Yes, so we contacted them about doing a return or exchange to get the shutters we had expected. And we found out that yes, they would do it like they would pick up the wrong shutters and they would correct it with the right ones. But it was going to be like another eight weeks to get them. We had already waited eight weeks at the upfront to receive them. And at this point, we're in February where we've already made the decision to move to Florida and we have a ticking clock to sell our house and get our house ready to sell. And like eight weeks just wasn't in that timeline. We basically probably had four weeks at that point.
0: Yes, in hindsight, I am so grateful we listed our house when we did because literally the weekend after is when we started having all these like, closings and everybody staying in. And I know houses are still selling in our area. I've heard different things across the U.S., how it's affecting house sales. But I just feel very fortunate that we sold it when we did. And so no part of me wishes we had waited for the shutters. Oh, yeah. I do wish they had sent the right shutters because then I think we could have gotten it done. But I do think that the buyers may eventually put shutters on this house. I just have a feeling. So I'm going to keep an eye on it. And you know I'll share a picture if they do. I was
1: like, what intel are you going on?
0: I just I kind of have learned their style. But the really, cool thing as a side note, you guys, is we become friends with the people who are buying the house and they're selling their house. And I'm actually helping to virtually stage her house. I'm not leaving the house to do any staging, but I am getting photographs from her and just sort of telling her like, leave that in, pull that out. Like I'm editing through the phone basically with her. And my general feeling about it is, this house might end up with shutters yet, so you never know.
1: Yeah, I don't think it was necessary to have them in order to sell the house. Like, I don't think we got more or less money for the sale, whether it had shutters or not. So it's not really an important change beyond just, like, it would have been fun to see. And we were able to get our money back for them, so it was sort of like a break-even event for us. Like, we didn't end up losing any money for the transaction. We just Well,
0: you have not revealed how the shutters got back in the truck.
1: Oh, well... (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I almost did injure myself on the return.
0: Basically, they sent like a little truck to pick them up. And we had to call back and be like, guys, they're not going to fit in a little truck. And they need a lift because it's like a double pallet.
1: They first showed up with like a normal FedEx truck, you know, that has like skinny aisle in the middle. And I mean, they just literally would not even gone into the truck. And so we had to call the freight people and say, hey, you sent the wrong truck, you need a freight truck. And that's like a you know larger box truck that actually has like a lift on it and stuff. And so we had to wait like a couple more weeks until they could get the freight truck out to pick them up. And when that truck arrived, they got there and like, oh, our lift is broken. They sent us (laughs) with a truck that doesn't have a functional lift. And I was kind of like, well, I don't know what you guys are going to do because.
0: Picture a motorcycle with a sidecar. That is how big and heavy and awkward this box is. Like it's not going to get up by two humans holding it.
1: And I just presumed they were going to say, okay, we'll come back another time with the right truck, like on a third try, you know, third time's a charm. No, these two gentlemen were convinced they were going to get it in the truck. And I got wrapped into helping <laughs> move this box. I mean, we hardly could push it, the three of us.
0: On the ground, they could hardly push it. And to lift it up into the truck, what would you say that the floor of the truck was about five feet off the ground?
1: Yeah, maybe not that four high. Four feet? Yeah, four feet. It so, was like
0: they'd have to lift a kitchen island up to their waist.
1: Like a motorcycle with a sidecar. <laughs> We were able to tip it up and get it onto a dolly, and the two of them moved it on a dolly to the truck, but there was no way the three of us were going to be able to hoist it into the truck, so... They ended up taking the crate apart and individually moving the shutters into the truck.
0: Which was the smart thing to do. I was very glad when they did that because I was like, everyone's about to get a hernia. Three men in my driveway with hernias was all I could picture. And I was like, woo, that was a lot of trouble to end up with no shutters. But I'm glad they gave us our money back. And I'm glad they finally took them away because I wasn't going to try and sell my house with a giant motorcycle with a sidecar (laughs) worth of shutters in the garage.
1: Okay. Now that everyone gets the visual picture of that, I think we should move on to talk about our downsizing. A lot of people have been curious about how we're going through the process of condensing our belongings for our new house. Because if you haven't heard us say already, our new house in Florida is about half the size of our current house in Richmond. So like it or not, we cannot bring everything we own to Florida.
0: Yeah, it's actually less than half the size. And it's closest in size to our first house here in Richmond, which was like a little ranch that was, I think, 1250s.
1: Yeah, about 1300 square feet. Yeah. But I will say, even if you are moving to a house that is the same size or larger in size, or if you're not moving at all, I think the criteria we use to go through this is helpful for anyone who might want to edit the things that they own.
0: Yeah, I can't tell you how many people I stage houses for and that is basically like very strong editing and when I'm done people like I've had people say with tears in their eyes that they wish they had done this so they could live with the house like this and so I'm not trying to be preachy but I do think even if you're not going anywhere and you do a little bit of editing especially when we're home so much these days you really can have like a newfound appreciation for your spaces and you can free up room for your whole family who's all crowded in the house right now like it could be a very positive thing.
1: Right so in addition to the criteria we used to edit down we're also going to talk talk a little bit about how we actually got rid of the things we're not keeping. I think the four criteria that we use to evaluate things in our house were one, size slash fit, like would they literally fit in the new house? Two, function, like if we're bringing it, is it going to do the job we need it to do? Or is there a piece that might be better suited? Three is sort of style, like does it fit the new style of the house? Because our new home is a slightly different style than our current one. We'll talk about that more in a second. Oh, I have a vision. You have a vision, you do. a vision. And the fourth thing I think is probably best described as like emotional attachment, because sometimes it's not a rational decision why you keep something. It's an emotional one. And that's fine because your home should make you feel a certain thing. And so if you have pieces that you are emotionally attached to, you should hang on to them.
0: Right. Because to recap, I know some of you have heard this in previous episodes, but like the new house will have one living area. But in this house, we have a living room slash family room, you know, the TV room downstairs. But we also have the bonus room, which is another like sofa with TV with media cabinet setup, up. And so we knew we'd have to choose from each of those two rooms our favorite things to bring, but we certainly weren't bringing two rooms worth of living room furniture.
1: Right. That's sort of the size slash fit thing. Like we didn't have space in our new house for two different living rooms. So we knew there was not a purpose for two couches, right? I think the size slash fit thing is probably the obvious first thing people jump to when they're figuring out how to downsize, like literally, what do I have room for? So I don't think we need to belabor that point. But it is a really helpful, simple place to start from. Because for us, it was easy to see like, if we have duplicates of something, or if we have something that is clearly too big for the room it's going into, then it's easy to let it go because it literally won't fit.
0: Right. And one side note is when you're moving, having the measurements for each room is so helpful, whether you do it like at inspection. Our inspection was done while we were back in Richmond. So we had the realtor measure each room and email us the measurements. It was so helpful. So however you can do it, getting the measurements of the rooms while you plan what to bring can be just super poignant. Like you might realize the nightstands and the bed you were going to put along a wall literally wouldn't fit along that wall if you have that measurement. And it can save you from moving things to a new house, lifting it to get it into the truck or the pod, lifting it to get it out of the truck or the pod, only to realize it doesn't fit can be extremely demoralizing. So it's worth the like work on paper. You're not lifting a single thing. You're just doing a little bit of math and figuring out if it's going to fit beforehand.
1: Yeah. And the second criteria, you know, function. Is another one that's a pretty easy starting place to quickly eliminate some things. Like, very simply put, we are not gonna have an island in our new kitchen. So, we do not need the function of our kitchen island stools.
0: Right, we're just gonna have a table. So, it's not going to ever need stools as much as I love my Serena and Lily bar stools. Truly, I love them they don't make sense to put in my pod cuz i don't have a spot for them i even brainstormed like could i make a little island along a window you know how people do that where there's like a little like
1: wood bar pine. seating
0: yes like you just squeeze it into a corner I promise, guys, I thought of all the ways to use them. It doesn't make sense. I'm not going to bring them and annoy myself with them there. I'm going to do the right thing and not bring them with me because I don't have a spot for them.
1: Yeah. Another example of how function helped us eliminate things is we've talked before about how we have like way too many dressers in our current house. And we don't need as many dressers in the new house. And so when we had to go through the sort of reality show elimination process of like, did you make the cut or not?
0: <laughs> <laughs> what does Tyra say?
1: Um, She says, I have five five girls in front of me and only four photos in my hand
0: I think she sometimes says I have five beautiful girls in front of me oh, and yeah. only four we'll move on to becoming America's
1: next top model. Slash dresser in our new house.
0: Yes. So the America's next top dresser that got eliminated was one that had a drawer that didn't function. Like truly going back to function, it was like, we have this dresser. It looks nice, but the middle drawer is always kind of squeaky. It doesn't close. You have to kind of slam it. And we were like, if we're picking our favorite, best, most functional dressers, it's not going to be the one with the drawer that doesn't work.
1: Yeah. And it's also a process of figuring out like, Are there pieces that you have that are going to serve you better in the new house? Like we are also not bringing our entry table here in Richmond, partially because we don't really have a proper entryway in the new house, but also like it's just an open acrylic table with like no storage or drawers or shelves or anything. And we know that if we do need an entry table at some point we can find something that is more functional than this other one that is purely decorative, I guess you could say.
0: Right. It's like, I think I'll use like a shoe cabinet that's painted white and I could stick the shoes and the clutter in it versus this clear table that almost disappears and is very beautiful but doesn't really store anything functionally.
1: The third criteria is the style one, you know, are the pieces that you are keeping going to fit stylistically in your new house. And this is kind of a unique one or new one to us because I'd say every other time we've moved, our houses have been similar enough in style. You know, our current house here in Richmond is a colonial, so it's a you know fairly traditional looking house here in the suburbs. And a lot of the furnishings that we've chosen here reflect that.
0: Right. They're like classic, traditional. I like to think we put like a fresh or colorful spin on traditional, but we certainly do have things that feel like somewhat ornate, like this house is full of crown molding and built into the ceiling and lots of like more formal details. And so I think the vision for the Florida house, which is very exciting, this is new information guys, we haven't shared this yet, but it's sort of a modern silhouette of a house and it's not going to have crown molding and it's not going to be ornate. It's going to be crisp and beachy and simple and sort of beach bungalow, you know, clean lines, lots of light wood tones. I really don't want anything dark in this house because it's small and I just... Just want it to feel like it glows with white walls and like planked ceilings and beautiful capiz fixtures. I'm thinking of doing gold doorknobs. Well, they're like satin brass. Yeah. And um, satin brass curtain rods, which you know, here I've done the oil rubbed bronze. It's very stately. It's very traditional. And so I just am so looking forward to this house. I think it's going to be still very much our style. But the beachy, fresh, modern version, whereas this house is very much our style, but the traditional classic, you know, colonial version. Yeah.
1: I mean, I think there's always been a beachy element to the way that we decorate, even though we are here landlocked in the middle of Virginia.
0: (laughs) Not for long.
1: But I think in this house, like we have complemented the beachy things with traditional things. And so in our new house, we can keep a lot of things that contribute to that beachy look, but we don't need the more traditional ones. We would rather replace them with more modern or more beachy elements to really fulfill the new vision for the space. So that has been another criteria for us as we've evaluated, like what things do we have here? Even if they do fit, even if they function, even if we love them, What might not fit the new vision we've got for the new house?
0: Right. I'll give you some examples of the things that check the style box and are definitely coming with us. In our office, and I'll put a picture in the show notes, we have like a gorgeous woven mirror over John's desk. John's desk is a white glossy Parsons table. It's a very clean lined. And in front of my desk, there are these woven stools with a light wood base. They're exactly what I'm going for. And it's going to be so nice because those are things that will just land in the new house and immediately contribute to that style I'm going for. And it really inspires me not to do things like put the big dark wood dining table. It's very antique looking and deep toned and it's beautiful for this house. And I think it would make zero sense in a beachy modern Florida house. So it's just about editing. Once again, it's what to bring, what to keep behind because we couldn't bring everything in this house even if we wanted to.
1: Yeah. You're just looking for criteria to help you make the decision as to what you could downsize or what you should downsize.
0: Yeah. Well, I will say right now that this is your get-out-of-jail-free card to decorate any style house any way you want. Please don't take from this that because we're moving to a modern house, we feel like we have to trash everything that's not modern. I am definitely not doing that. But I also am giving myself permission to embrace the style. That's up to me too. I could bring ornate and dark-toned and traditional things to this beach house, or I could bring clean lines and beachy things to this beach house. It actually was really exciting to go through the furniture we have here and realize that so many things we own can land in this totally different style house house and be perfect there already with no changes.
1: But there was one more thing we mentioned in our upfront criteria that we're using. And the last one was emotional attachment. Because there are things that we are bringing just because we like them and they make us happy. Like we may not have a specific idea as to like where they are going or planned out precisely what wall something is hanging on. But we know right now we love them enough that they are worth the trouble to move and try to make work in the new space.
0: Yes, and what most of the things in this category fall under is wall art. We have some mirrors that we love and a lot of wall art that we love. And I have not planned out what wall is gonna get what art or if I'm gonna do a gallery or if something's gonna just be hung alone over a dresser. I am just going to get there and figure it out. They're not just personal things, obviously, like photos of our children or paintings that we got that we love.
1: Or the dog, for instance.
0: <laughs> the paintings of the dog. We no, have, I meant
1: the dog himself.
0: We do love the dog, too.
1: He's coming with us.
0: And we do have numerous portraits of the dog that are also yes. coming with us. But I just mean like, you know, little pieces of art I framed. Some are even like magazine tearouts that I framed that I just love. There's one in the kid's bathroom. It's like a boat with a bunch of little fishing lines going down and like all these pretty swirls. I think it's a page from real simple magazine 10 years ago that I framed it's coming with us because I just love it So you all have those items. I'm sure it does help if you physically know it's going to fit Like it would be a bad thing to say i'm emotionally attached to my rug that I know is too big for every room But i'm going to bring it anyway because it would just like break my heart when I get there
1: I'm emotionally attached to my shed But I know I cannot physically (laughs) bring it with me because I sold it to the new owners.
0: That's a good example john
1: It would not fit in the pod But it can be more than just small things like art or other sentimental pieces. Like we are bringing a dresser that we actually brought from the beach house before we sold that because it's a piece that we just love so much is this blue inlaid dresser that we like found secondhand, we took time repairing. Like we not only love how it looks and it actually functions, but we have an emotional attachment to it. We don't know exactly where it's going, whether it's gonna be in our room, a kid's room, a living room. We don't know, we can figure that out, but we know it's worth bringing with us because we love it. So those are the kind of criteria we use to evaluate the things we own and decide what to bring and what not to bring. The other part of that is once you've decided not to bring something, like what do you do with it? Our general process, whether it's during a move or not, is to either donate things we don't need or to sell them on like Facebook Marketplace or something like that. And those were two things that are a little bit harder to do in this environment right now because like a lot of donation places are not accepting donations right now. And it also is maybe not the most advisable thing to like have a yard sale or have people come over from Facebook Marketplace. So it did make this particular instance of getting rid of things A little bit tougher. We're lucky that we'd actually gone through the donation process a lot before everything started to shut down. Like we had already gotten rid of a lot of our like smaller items, like books and decor items, and even small appliances we weren't using anymore. We had done that like in February mostly.
0: Yeah, we had like baskets in the attic, extra lamps. I found a bunch of like kids' toys and board books that our kids are much too old for, so we did a big donation of that. We did a coat drive because we know where we're going. The climate is nicer, and we will only need one coat each, and not like ten coats. Each. We also did an extra dog crate to the ASPCA because we knew that we didn't need two dog crates when we had one at the beach and one here. Now we're moving to one smaller house. We'll never need two dog crates again. So those are a few ideas for donations. And also obviously leaving things outside with a free listing on Facebook Marketplace or Craigslist for people to just pick up, throw in the car, and it's gone.
1: Right. And we personally really like the donation aspect of this. I mean, obviously it feels good to do something nice, but also like it does take a lot of time to coordinate a one-day yard sale or like several different Facebook marketplace exchanges like that will consume a lot of time for you that you may not have when you're getting ready to move. So like, look at donations, not only as like, you know, obviously you're doing something nice by donating it, but also as a way for you to get some efficiency in this process. Like it makes it easier for you and takes one thing off your plate.
0: Right. Especially when you're downsizing. I find it nice to say to myself, what I'm going to earn is space in my closet and room to breathe and this like easier lifestyle and lower maintenance lifestyle. And so I don't necessarily need the money for the lamp that I spent five years ago. So I'm happy to get the space back and do it quickly. We filled up the back of our car how many times do you think with oh donations? I don't know maybe Six?
1: Eight. Oh, I was gonna say eight
0: yeah and it was just like stuff we had in the attic extra Christmas stuff extra books kids stuff that they outgrew just like things you have in the kitchen that are extra things in the coat closet that are extra it's a pretty good time right now if you have a moment to feel in control by just cleaning out a closet and putting a whole bunch of stuff in a bag in your garage you don't have to donate it right now getting that stuff out of your space will make you feel like you have gained something and what you have gained is the peace of mind and the extra room to breathe right now.
1: Yeah, so that's the donation side. But again, I said there was like also selling some maybe larger items that are still in good condition or maybe worth some more money that you might sell either like on Facebook Marketplace or Craigslist or even host a yard sale or moving sale. Again, we didn't do those things here. So what we relied on in this case was something new which was trying to sell the things that we didn't want to take with us to the new owner. Like we have talked about how we sold our beach house and our duplex fully furnished. We were not selling our Richmond house fully furnished because we still need a lot of this furniture. But for these pieces that didn't need to come with us, it would be a best case scenario to sell them to the new owner. So we didn't have to move them at all. Like we didn't even have to lug them downstairs to a Facebook marketplace pickup.
0: Right, well first I wanna establish that we did not sell this house with the furniture included. We listed this house and everyone who put in offers on this house knew nothing about the furniture. We did not want to distract the buyer with the thought that some of the furniture might come with the house because that might be a selling feature to one buyer, but actually not a selling feature to another buyer. So what we did is we just purely accepted offers on the house and then when we chose the offer, only after we had all signed and it was rolling and they were doing everything towards the closing date, we said, by the way, some of the furnishings in the house will be for sale. So you can have first pick of them and whatever you don't want, we will sell, but you get the first pick of them. And the buyer was very open to it and excited to see what was for sale. So all we did was type up a two-sided piece of paper. It was like double-sided, but just one sheet of all the items we were listing. And we said the item description, you know, so it would be like, four stools in the kitchen, original price, and then I said asking price. Generally, when I price things, I'm about 25% of the original price. I know that sounds crazy. I sold the four stools for the price of one stool new, but they're expensive. I think they were 350 regular price, for one. I got them on sale and I got some use out of them and they're not new anymore. So I felt like it was a really great price for me. Like I'm getting $350 for something I don't need at all in the new house. Yes, she's getting like 75% off. I feel like it's an everybody wins scenario.
1: Yeah, especially because this was all happening after things started to shut down and we knew that Facebook Marketplace would not be as good of an option for us. We were incentivized to encourage her to buy as many of the things as possible because it would make it easiest on us. So this was not a moment we were like, let's see how much cash we can rake in. This was a moment where we were saying like, we're going to have to figure out something to do with these things because we can't bring them to Florida. So let's set it up so that the new buyers are likely to buy as much as possible. I mean, we didn't know how much they were interested in, if anything at all. They had just expressed to us that when they came through for their walkthrough, you know, before a property closes, the new buyers get to do one last walkthrough to make sure it still looks like it's in good condition. We just knew during that walkthrough, they would wanna hear what was for sale. So we just wanted to set that up so that they were encouraged to take as many of the things that fit nicely in here, look nice in here, and hopefully they would have an interest in buying. So we were not pricing things to like get the most money back.
0: And do you want to hear my extra exciting incentive? So we totaled up everything on the sheet. So a double-sided sheet of things, you know, dressers, beds, like big items are on this sheet. Um, I think it totaled out to maybe $4,800 worth of stuff, which truly we probably spent a whole lot more on. You know, we're not making money with this at all. But we said, and if you take everything, we will take $1,000 off. So it will be $3,800. The reason I did that was I was like, what if she doesn't want the rug, but she wants all the furniture on the rug. So then we have to like wrestle the rug out of the room, try to sell that. And the furniture remains. And I just really wanted to incentivize leaving things in a room. Like the bonus room, we're leaving every single thing except for one round pedestal table. Like that room is exactly the way it looks, except I'm walking out with one table and the stuff in the drawers, obviously, that's like the kids' toys. And so I really wanted to make it simple on us. And guess what, guys? It totally works. She was thrilled to get $1,000 off all the furniture that's remaining in the house she's getting for $3,800. And we're talking about like rugs and chairs and beds and dressers and all of the Things. And treadmill. Oh, and the treadmill. That's my favorite thing that we get to leave. I don't have to move. We don't have to move.
1: Yes. We wrestled that thing upstairs. There's no spot for it in Florida, nor do we really need a treadmill with Sherry's like cold weather indoor walking buddy. And so hopefully you'll be able to walk like 12 months out of the year in Florida and you won't need a treadmill. And now we don't have to disassemble it and move it downstairs again.
0: Yes, for sure. The coldest months in Florida are totally fine for me to walk in here. The coldest months. I'm kind of a wimp about it and didn't like it. That's why I purchased the treadmill. But Man, when we muscled that up the stairs, I think like four other people ordered it and they said, how did you get that up the stairs? And I was like, I don't know, but it nearly broke us.
1: I think that was my training for getting the shutters in that truck.
0: I know, it really was. It was the other time I thought John would get a hernia.
1: Right. (laughs) So long story short, we are very grateful that the new owners bought a lot of this stuff because obviously it saves a lot of trouble for us and simplifies parts of our move. I'm grateful also that a lot of the things that we, you know, handpicked for this house because they worked well in these rooms are going to stay here and the new family is going to enjoy them the same way that we did. And if you go to the show notes at younghouselove.com slash podcast, we'll put some pictures of some of the things we talked about. And I think in a future blog post, we're going to get into a bit more detail about what specific items we kept and why.
0: But next up, we have We're Digging. I'm digging something I feel like maybe all of us are digging. But first, we have to take a quick break.
1: So this week's sponsor, Agility Bed, wants to help make sure that if nothing else, you've got a comfortable place to rest at the end of a long day.
0: Or if we're being real, a comfortable place to binge Tiger King on your laptop.
1: <laughs> that too, I guess. Uh, but whatever you're using your bed for, Agility is giving you the chance to upgrade your bedroom for 20% off their usual prices.
0: Yes, for a limited time, they're giving you 20% off everything on their site, hybrid mattresses in any size, their specialty cooling, foam pillows, even their sheets. Just use the code COMFORT20 when you check out at agilitybed.com YHL.
1: And if you've never slept on a hybrid mattress, mattress before they basically take the best features of those all foam mattresses you know that cushy sink into it feeling and combine them with the support you get from a traditional micro coil mattress that way you don't wake up achy in the morning
0: plus the way they stack these special layers helps with airflow so your body can stay cool and comfortable all night long
1: yeah so again head over to agilitybed.com yhl and enter the code comfort20 to get that 20% off again that's comfort20 at agilitybed.com yhl I'm gonna jump in with the thing that I'm digging first because I know we're all looking for things to keep ourselves and our families occupied. And this is a game that we've been playing a lot lately. Our kids are big UNO fans over here, but I know I grow a little bit tired of playing UNO nonstop.
0: We did get UNO Flip to try to switch it up. Yes. Then you get sick of playing UNO Flip, guys. Yes.
1: So this is a game from the makers of UNO that was a gift to us a long time ago, but we haven't really spent a lot of quality time playing it until recently. And it's called Lowdown, and it is a bit more complex than UNO is. But But
0: not really. Once you learn, it's not that hard.
1: Yeah, but it's a little less self-explanatory than Uno is, I think.
0: I think it's less boring than Uno in a good way.
1: Yeah. So the gist of it is that each player is dealt nine cards that are placed face down in a grid in front of them. So like a three by three grid. And your goal throughout the game is to gradually reveal or peek at the cards to figure out the value of each of the cards. They're either zero through 10. And your goal is at the end of the game to have the lowest score. And so there's various times throughout the game in which you can exchange things or eliminate cards so that you can lower your score. You know, you want to replace like a nine or a 10 with a zero or a one to help get your score down. Sometimes you know the card you're replacing because it's flipped over and you can see it's a 10, but sometimes you're kind of taking a guess because you haven't been able to look at it and it's face down and you're just like crossing your fingers that you're making a smart swap and you're actually lowering, not raising your score. I seem to be really good at raising my score.
0: If you guys want my secret, because I do win this game, a lot. It is not that I always switch things for lower amounts because there is a way to eliminate a whole row when the whole row has the same color of things. So sometimes I will pick up a red 10 even though that's a high card because it will eliminate a row and then not only will the red 10 disappear but the other two in the row will disappear. So that is my little trick. Shouldn't have said it while John was listening because I really like my reigning championship.
1: I tried it once it didn't work out for me. (laughs) I just barely beat our five year old son the other day. (laughs) I do think the game box says it's for ages like eight and up maybe or something like that. And our son is going to be six next week. So technically, I think he's too young to play it. But with a little bit of help from us, he can still participate with his own hand. Like he can play independently of us, which helps, you know, keep everyone engaged in the game. So we've been having a lot of fun with it. It's only like five or six bucks and it's the size of a deck of cards. So it also doesn't take up a whole lot of space. So if you're looking for a new game to add to your repertoire, I will link it in the show notes at younghouselove.com slash podcast. Again, it's called Lowdown.
0: And what I'm digging that I hope everybody is digging, because we're just trying to take the wins where we can get them, guys. I'm digging spring.
1: This is coming from the woman who proclaims her unending love for summer and her unending hate for fall.
0: I hate, loathe, despise fall. Fall is the gateway to everything dying. There is labor involved, like raking
1: leaves. I don't understand if it's because you hate winter. Why don't you just hate winter? No, I like
0: winter. Winter's not when everything dies and I have to rake leaves. I do zero yard work in winter. I stay inside.
1: It's when everything is dead. You hate the gateway to the thing. No,
0: I like winter because it has Christmas. There are redeeming factors to winter. It has snow, which is fun. Eh. You see a lot of your family in winter because there's holidays. You get off school, which is super fun, and off work.
1: What is good about January?
0: Well, I was going to say what is good about fall. Nothing. We've been through this before. You guys know I hate fall. Spring is the opposite. Let's talk about spring
1: before this derails.
0: Well, spring is the opposite of fall to me. It's the... Gateway to warm weather. Everything's blooming. Instead of being dead and dropping on the ground, things are coming to life. There are flowers. There are leaves. So now
1: you love the gateway.
0: I just really like spring and I'm appreciating, like I said, the winds where we can take them. And since so many of us have been stuck at home during this season of our lives, I'm really glad that it's a pleasant season. And like, yes, I'm a person who has horrible allergies, so that's not lost on me. But I still am glad that the kids can run around outside and get their energy out. And I'm glad that things are blossoming and the world looks like it's coming back to life because I'm just, I'm appreciating the thing that we can cling to as a beautiful, wonderful thing with the kids at home all the time and not much to do. At least we're all enjoying this weather
1: asterisk sorry southern hemisphere that's currently in fall
0: wait are they in fall yeah wait but isn't isn't guys this is very embarrassing because i'm bad at geography everybody knows that take shots if you want no one's going to take more shots than i do against myself because i know zero state capitals etc but isn't sydney in the southern hemisphere yeah so they have fall
1: their seasons are the opposite of ours.
0: I know that their winter is summer and our summer is winter, but I never thought about the fall. Yeah,
1: their falls are our spring, our summer. But spring do you is think fall. they
0: have like oak trees with leaves that drop? I, I just pictured them as being like like Miami.
1: I don't know Sydney's climate specifically.
0: I pictured like palm fronds. Is that not Australia?
1: I've never been.
0: <laughs> See, John doesn't know either, guys. Take shots at John who thinks he knows everything.
1: But there are certainly portions of the continents in the southern hemisphere that have cooling temperatures dying leaves
0: okay well then my asterisk is if you're listening and it's like still snowing because you live in like the midwest i'm really sorry i hope you get good weather soon i hope things start to bloom whether you're in sydney or the middle of the country or the north or the north pole i don't think the north pole has spring
1: no
0: (laughs) sorry north pole thanks for listening to young house love has a podcast
1: And if you know anyone who could use the distraction or the escape of a non-newsy podcast, I know I fall in that category for sure. We'd appreciate it if you'd pass ours along, even if it's to a podcast newbie who might need a little help getting started.
0: Yeah, and it might help to tell them what you do while you listen, like Otis on Twitter who told us back in February that he liked to listen while he shopped for and put away his groceries, which sounds really nice right now.
1: Those were the days.
0: And head over to younghouselove.com slash podcast to see this week's
1: show notes. Yep, we'll put in some pictures of the furniture we're taking and leaving, along with a recap of the four criteria points that you can use to pare down yourself.
0: Yes, and I'm going to throw in a couple peeks of some inspiration pictures that I'm using for the new house. I am so excited. Later. Bye.
1: Because there are things that we are bringing just because we love them and we make them happy and we're maybe not-
0: We make them happy?
1: (laughs) Yeah, we do. I talk to them. They told me. They love me more. I'm their favorite.